KRCL, 90.9 FM, HD1 in Salt Lake City, Ogden, and Provo, 96.7 FM in Park City, on the web at krcl.org. Listener-supported community radio. Homegrown's all right with me. Homegrown is the way it should be. Homegrown is a good thing. Plant that bell and let it ring. I'm Aldine KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer. This is Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. Thanks for plugging into your community here with us tonight. Hey, Al. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. Confused by the weather, am I? <laughs> so were the robins. I saw a whole flock, like about <laughs> 50 of them, and they were less chilling, and it was all snow everywhere. <laughs> well, we're still, what, uh, about 20, 22 days away from the first day of spring on March 20th. Um, but uh, you're already growing stuff in the basement, on the countertops, in the kitchen. Yes, I had to pot, I had to pot everything up, and I'm waiting to put the skin on the greenhouse. It didn't quite make it. I've got the frame all together right before the night before it snowed yeah. 10 feet in my backyard <laughs> <laughs> and so now i'm waiting for the snow to melt so okay. i can get the greenhouse going well tomorrow you're up at the ogden seed exchange we'll uh, remind folks about that if you listen throughout the day our radioactive rewinds reminded you about it and of course details at uh, krcl.org under rallies and resources but on the show tonight al on the show tonight um we have Backhand with us, free cool punk rock band. Um, they'll be playing at Kilby, and they've got some cool gigs coming up. Treefort. They're going to Treefort. Uh, up in yeah. Boise. That's pretty cool. That is cool. And um, Symbria's here, and uh, it's getting close to the end of the legislative session, and some good things have happened, and there's some news on the egg bill the egg that bill. Laura was watching. <laughs> 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 that That's their yeah. little joke. That yeah. is our, our joke. <laughs> got Skywatcher Leo T, but uh, let's start with fresh homegrown music, shall we? Let's go across the hall. And, we, uh, we have Tom King, too. Oh, we I have, forgot to We talk have Tom the King. Dirt Table Man. I'm sorry, the, Tom. The... Uh, Rose Park Plant Share Master. The Ogwai um, People's Orchard. Ogwai People's Orchard. There's some news about that. That's been going on for a few years now. Kind of a little clandestine garden that they yeah. built on some... I think it's official now. I think it, it is, survived. too. It survived. It did. It did. Yeah, so, uh, sorry, I was getting so excited about Backhand, Tom. <laughs> and Backhand is going to be playing the Kilby Court Block Party as well. So, hey guys, how you doing? Doing good. Good, good. You know, I was having this argument with the band before. Are you from Salt Lake or are you from Provo? And then I also got some Orem and some Brigham City and some Cache Valley. So I think we're just going to call you a Utah band. And then what was it that you guys said for for, uh, Tree Fort? I got to pull this up because you're... You're cracking me up for your description for the Tree Fort <laughs> Fest. And just, yeah. it says, Utah's toughest team, God's favorite band, Backhand. That's us. That's us. Awesome. Tell me about the first song, Your House and Mine. It's a great It's a great song, and we wrote it. <laughs> and, yeah. Okay. This is Backhand, fresh and homegrown, right here on KRCL 90.9 FM with Your House and Mine.
100 Fahrenheit. I'm a working class man with two white eyes and a belly button. It's Many Cultures, One Sky, Skywatcher Leo T here. As we look up, look around, and get just a little bit lost in space. And as we look through some holes in the ongoing waves of storms bringing beautiful snow and moisture to us, Venus and Jupiter put on a dramatic show in the western evening twilight as they inch toward each other for an eye-grabbing March 1st conjunction. That's going to be fun. And amongst the gems in the sky is Taurus the Bull with a dread eye, beautiful Aldebaran, and a couple of double stars below that. Near here to the right, on its own, its own string of stars, is Pleiades of the Seven Sisters, mystically hanging in the east to the left of Aldebaran and above to the right of Orion. While we're over here, let's delve into many cultures, one sky. The following from Anthony of any star stories and Leo T. interpretation and additional facts. Pelides first catches your peripheral vision when you glance it and upon further view, at least seven stars and some stardust are evident in the Little Dipper and kite-shaped grouping of orbs. The Pelides nearly worldwide cultural recognition. Their proximity to the ecliptic or the path followed by the sun, moon, and planets amongst the stars play host to a stream of cosmic traffic and star lore amongst many stories, and you've heard some of those for sure. Inca descendants in the Peruvian highlands time their most important annual festival, the bright white snow to the annual disappearance of the Seven Sisters, and on the day of the first full moon following their reappearance after a 40-day absence in the sun's glare, thousands of pilgrims undertake a journey to the high peaks there and kneel to receive the first gleam of the rising sun, giving thanks that the Pelides and the sun are back. Today, farmers in the high Andes also look to the Pleiades to predict weather. They say that if the Pleiades are clear and bright in the pre-dawn sky, good weather is in store for the coming months. But if they are dim, expect a meager potato harvest and to plant later. Modern scientific studies agree that this technique, an indigenous use for over 400 years, or much more probably, works quite well as a predictor of El Nino, which accompanies droughts in the Andean highlands and the rest of the world. Folklore meets scientific knowledge. And in further exploration, coming to us on Earth after the U.S. was relaxing after the excitement of the Super Bowl or whatever else you were doing, Europeans had their own spectacle as early Monday morning a bright flash streaked over the skies of Western Europe as an asteroid discovered just hours earlier made its impact with Earth's atmosphere. The asteroid was detected on the evening of February 12th by astronomer Christian Sarnecki in Hungary. He discovered the asteroid during a routine Earth object hunt using just a two-foot telescope, saying that it was fairly obvious that it was heading right toward us, although it was faint. Then just before 3 a.m., a very bright entrance flash of the meteor was detected, confirming that the small asteroid had entered Earth's atmosphere. It hit near Rouen, the capital of France's Normandy region, a witness saying that she saw it and it was magnificent. It came down vertically, green like a bright emerald, then bright orange, and really quickly, absolutely phenomenal view. Viewing the asteroid following above the English Channel facing France. Check out Skywatcher Leo T's Facebook page for photos of all these events, sources, and much more. In a little more space exploration, on Friday, scientists reported this just in, that they discovered 12 new moons around the gas giant, 
putting the total count at 92. Saturn comes in a close second with 83 moons, and the newest moons range in size at Jupiter from half a mile to two miles in size accordingly. Jupiter and Saturn are loaded with small moons, believed to be fragments of once bigger moons that collided with one another or with comets or asteroids. Uranus has 27 confirmed moons, Neptune 14, Mars 2, and Earth 1, and Pluto, the non-planet that I say is a planet, has five moons, people, one with plate tectonics. Stay tuned for web telescope discoveries on our next broadcast and much more as we look up, look around, and let's get a little bit lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T on 90.9 FM, KRCL's Radioactive with Laura Jones and Al Dine, the punk rock farmer, and streaming live at krcl.org. Ah, thank you, Leo. I love what he works into this three to four minute piece every Friday and many cultures one sky folks because we all live under one sky I'm Laura Jones it's Punk Rock Farmer Friday Aldine Strict 9 is here and tomorrow you're going to be up in Ogden for the Ogden Seed Exchange you want to remind folks about that before we uh, go to our guests yes of course from 10 to 1 at Ogden Preparatory Academy the quintessential event of the spring this is like the very beginning of the 2023 growing season come up and get some seeds you don't have to bring any to trade you can there's you know there's a few vendors but a lot of folks are just giving seed maybe asking for a donation something like that um there'll be some breakout sessions there's kids uh, tables um it's a it's an amazing event about four or five hundred people show up to this thing and it's very hustle bustle and uh, just the energy in the air seed savers and people growing are it's amazing it's the best we had them on last week and one of the things that still sticks with me is that they said we want to make this event free now there may be vendors there that you might have to buy seeds from but the event itself doesn't cost you anything folks it's a community event and if you're looking to get into seeds and seed saving uh al will be there look for the krcl flag how many pounds of seeds you taking out there? Uh, about 10. okay so now's the time <laughs> we're about a month out from the official start of spring on march 20th start thinking about the seeds that you want to put in the ground or the plant starts you may want to get at the plant sales coming up and tom king's going to be talking about some of that later too but right now let's do a legislative uh checkup with sarah and Simbria patterson from red acre center and farm st george thanks for coming again i always say cedar city (laughs) it's okay it's the south and happy birthday to To sarah thank you (laughs) (laughs) so almost the close of the session it's one there's one more week that's it next friday night just one more and then you guys get to go home yeah i'm excited <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, i'm sure you guys have a lot growing on tk's yeah. here uh, the farm boss you guys have down there and um well farm boss maybe you guys are more bossy than him <laughs> maybe he's third in line we were talking about that today but um he's in charge of all the growing operations Yes. Official title, and is he's the spreadsheet sheet guy. He is our he's our on staff on call nerd. Get on get on the mics for a second here, TK. So give him your title. A, a couple of years ago, you had no idea you were going to be doing this, right? Uh, farming, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't a farmer, but now you run their farm. Uh, yeah, the vegetables. The vegetable part. What's growing it. right now? What's in the What's in the seedling house? Um, we just started our tomatoes, peppers, and eggplants. You did? Yeah. And then we always have all of our, every two weeks we plant brassica, well, we plant greens, and so we have a rotation of greens every So two you're weeks. planting these things, and it they're going to be staying in under a hoop, or staying, because you guys have inclement weather longer than we do. Mm-hmm. And so you're planting tomatoes already, because yep. you're antsy to get them in the greenhouse yep we also have a plant sale so we we start them for that as well okay because mm-hmm. most people say ah, oh, tomatoes is a little bit early i don't want to take care of them indoors but you guys are going to plant them in the dirt under a hoop we pot them up and then all of our tomatoes are grown in a hoop house because our season isn't quite long or warm enough to and grow then, them outside and then last year you beat the fusarium rot disease too with your greenhouses and you guys had lovely tomatoes a little late 
Yeah, yeah. we had a rockin' tomato year. Right? You Today? did. Best tomato year yet. <laughs> so what are you looking forward to in growing this year? We're getting sidetracked a little, but we have time. <laughs> uh, I always look forward to peppers. We, we're, we always try some new peppers every year. Mm-hmm. We've got um, some peppers coming from a really cool company that just started up. They grow... Um, like, Heritage Asian yeah. vegetables. We were talking about flowers today, too. Mm-hmm. TK came over to the house, and I showed him the flowers that I was going to... And we're like, oh, scaviosa. Oh, this one. Oh. <laughs> and because we heard from flower farmers that those were cool ones. And and um, we agreed, you know, on, on a few, a couple of them. What was the other one? Um Scavios- so, yeah, the, uh, yeah, I've yes, heard people you, talk about you that. You hear them talk yeah. about those, and you wonder, and they're beautiful, obviously. Yeah. 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 Last year we heard about scaviosa and tried it, and that worked out really well. So yeah, we definitely we definitely put, you know, things that we can eat first uh-huh. in priority, uh-huh. like feeding ourselves and our community. But we always need some beauty, so we throw them in at the end whenever. <laughs> 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 We're trying to do better, but you know. Feeding our community comes first, right, TK? A little more about the yep. farm. Give us a little, give folks a little idea of what it looks like and where things are growing. So right now, the only thing that's not outside in a tube house is a garlic that we overwinter. Um, we're and also doing shallots. Oh, and we're also trying shallots that we overwintered, but they haven't come up yet. Um, and then the hoop houses are all full of greens and... Like two weeks ago, we started potatoes and pots that'll go into a tunnel in a few weeks. Uh-huh. And we're still harvesting um, some roots. So we have carrots that we're harvesting. And right now, the carrots are so good. There's yeah. a couple of very large plots where you guys grow vegetables, but you have a myriad of hoop houses. Yeah. So we, <laughs> TK and I, fight on the amount of space that we grow on. If you ask TK, we're like on three quarters of an acre. Is that right? Like, the production production beds, yeah. beds three quarters of an acre and um we have nine um greenhouses and only w- one is our seedling room and stays at 40 degrees and they're like a medium size kind of they're not small and they're not huge no but they're really good size gk can tell you dimensions he's our on-staff nerd as i've said <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah we have a like a 12 foot by 52 foot size that we grow in that's our small like homemade one and then we have a kit from Robert's Ranch Hoop Houses. We have two of those that are 24 feet by 76 feet. And then we have our seedling room. Yep, that one is 16 by 40. And this allows you guys to really grow a lot of your food without freaking out about the weather. Right, and we're growing, yep. I mean, we're harvesting 52 weeks out of the year, so we're harvesting every week. Yep. Whether That's we so like cool. it or not. And, then, <laughs> and right now, I, I, was in the, I was in the seedling room, and there's... There's trays. There's um, two or three weeks apart succession. Little tiny ones, one inch tall, two inch tall. Probably by now they're like three inches tall and four. Yeah, yeah like like that. Mm-hmm. And and those are all cold weather things, right? Yep. Mostly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. TK's planting into the high tunnels every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. Anything you want to add about the farm before we go into the legislative update? Yeah. Your mom's getting antsy. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no, yeah. if, if you want some spinach, stop by the farm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a little, it was a cold, it's been cold. I mean, we've had a winter, which we're glad and we love the snow, yes, yes. bring it on. But it, our succession plantings are all kind of catching up to each other because they, it was too cold that they didn't really like uh-huh. grow differently, you know, uh-huh. and so... I think we're going to have two full high tunnels full of spinach. So if anyone wants to start like their cleanse or their smoothie diet, we've got <laughs> your back. <laughs> good stuff. Very, very good stuff. And then you guys go to St. George Market mm-hmm. and you have CSA. Yeah. And, and then we have events that you come and play at. Yes. But you guys have so. a full diet CSA. Yeah. So folks can come and just pick. It's not a box that you send out a certain thing. It's they come and they go into your kitchen there and they see what they want and like and pick those things and get to take what they want. And there's milk and there's meat and there's eggs. 
There's fruit, cheese, mm-hmm. fruit always in this in the spring. Uh, yeah, when fruit and starts ci- to come. And citrus during the winter that we obviously don't grow in Utah, but we get it from a great provider. Cool stuff. So. And then you find that that uh, reduces waste because people can take what they want, and then people aren't just saying, "Oh, what am I going to do with a rutabaga?" Yeah. Or what am I going to do with a turnip? Turnip or yeah, they really eat from the farm. Yeah. So we they kind of eat from the farm and subsidize from the store instead of like subsidizing from the farm and eating from, from the, the store. store. So mm-hmm. it's really turned, you know, our like our customers' minds around and it's created a community. So I mean our our members are our friends. Like Amazing. they're our BFS. Amazing <laughs> stuff. Good stuff. Wonderful, wonderful. Um besides all the other things you guys do, you're up on the hill and you're fighting your small egg is number one and artisans and food, small food producers there's been a lot of bills passed, like 19 or 20 in the last eight years. You guys first came on the show eight years ago. Holy moly, time has goes is gone, caught up to us a little bit. What happened this year? I know the um, the raw milk bill. There's some wonderful done. news about it. Done. It's done, which means. The governor just has to sign it. So. And it happened on my birthday. I mean, come on. <laughs> so, what a wonderful present. And I the, know. And this allows all raw milk products, as in ice cream, buttermilk. Anything you can anything make Anything you can Kiefer, make up out of. Like, yeah, anything from dairy. So you anything. start with raw milk, and you can make whatever cheese or any product you want, and it's legal. The Department of Food and Agriculture gets to decide those permits and the procedures to do that so we'll see how that rolls out because no one's ever done this in the country that we know of people can sell direct to consumer but this is like redmond can do something they could sell ice cream in their stores so we'll see what you know they've been good to work with and you'll have to pay for testing and samples and they'll have to come up with the process of what they feel is comfortable but at least they'll be required to come up with something because it's a it's legal and if you want to do it, you can do it. So, so some of the folks we know will be definitely benefiting from this uh, Utah Natural, natural. Mi- Milk and Meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've met some other cool micro dairies yeah. that we didn't know existed. There's 13 of them, I guess, in the state. Really? What yeah. are some of the names? Oh, you put me on the spot. Sorry. I don't um, know my memory. They, <laughs> we've been doing some conference calls. I have a few bills rolling. Heritage, Harmony. Farms. That sounds about right. Um, <laughs> sounds good. Just um, some cute well, farm names. I, well, I guess I had a question because we talked about this, uh, I think, over the course of the session with you about um, there's big ag, like nationwide global big ag. There's the bigger ag that's in Utah, and then there's a small ag that these bills are so important to. And it depends on who's in the room, the feeling toward each other, right? Yeah, so do you think sure. there's been some education, some oh, yeah. relationships built? Yeah, it was it was interesting. Today was Farm Bureau Day on the Hill, and they actually brought a Jersey cow up on Capitol Hill, which I thought was pretty exciting. Al even came by I and came saw. I came by and came, I posted. He came by and saw the cow in the big tractor. I, I had a nice. Pappas? I had a no. I had a no. nice conversation. <laughs> I no. had a nice conversation with the vice president of the Farm Bureau, AJ Ferguson. I tried to get him to come on, but he maybe was a little wary. <laughs> well, you've had Ron on. We've had yeah. Ron on yeah. before, but I had a nice yeah. conversation with him. I struck. I said, "Hey, you know, I, I'm Al Pumcrack Farmer." He's like, "Oh, I heard of you." And you know, we, I said, "You know, we have to work together because you know we're all in this agrihood together." Is kind of what I said, and I took that stance and i you know i think if we we make relationships it's better than to try to fight each other i'm just i'm like welling up you know al the punk rock farmer from his rock against reagan days out front of the howard johnson's to today talking to the utah department of ag guy in front of big tractors farm bureau yeah big tractors and cows at the at the capitol right on the steps that's cool (laughs) it's cool so i just think you know like this 
no joke, we were the she devils. Like that's what we were called in that community. <laughs> when you first started. <laughs> when we first hill. started and they thought that we wanted to ruin their industry. And we have come a long way. Like we're friends. Like we're gonna work together on we've been talking about some bills Sharing. next year with um, you know, having to do with agritourism because they see the need and they can see this, you know, that there is another, you know, voice and for those small farmers in rural Utah, yeah, this and, means a lot. We and, almost had Sherry Staley on with us, yeah. and she is a big advocate of agro of um, agritourism. Yeah, that's how she saved her family farm yeah. in yes. St. George. What a great story she told at the conference a few years she back. She was our yeah. keynote speaker. Yes, because yeah. she was local. That's when we tightened down. I mean, they they have a silo that's made into a gift, gift shop, shop, and mm-hmm. they do. Uh, Rock concerts there and things. They do that pumpkin smash. They do some nightmare thing at Halloween. She just keeps coming up with ideas. She's (laughs) going to save that land and make sure that it stays, you know, not not turn into houses. They're doing beef and they package it with their name. So, yeah. And we've seen how much folks... Uh, we're looking for local things to do during COVID and, right. and t- traveling in their state. I mean, it's all well and good for that once-in-a-lifetime trip to Italy for an agritourism. <laughs> but then you can go to different farms every season yeah. and take a look and see where your food is grown or your beef is raised or your chicks yeah. are brought to market. I just think that is something that can connect folks across different ideological divides. Out. And it's a great feeling to know the farmer and been to the farm and watched the way that it's respected and taken care of when it's slaughtered and and those kind of things you know the it's it's a great feeling it really is i stopped buying meat at the supermarket years ago now and i know my farmer he's from price and he sources locally down there and it's Mm -hmm. grass-fed and you know you just it's it's a it's better. It's a great feeling. So uh, some other things that have gone on. Um, there's another bill uh, that just kind of came up out of nowhere that we haven't talked about, and it's uh, Representative Chu, and it's kind of an interesting bill, you thought. That's what made me late tonight. So those bills were watching. Uh, I didn't see any language on it. It came out a couple of days ago, and the health department asked him to run this bill and he sees it as a way to destroy less food. I, I can't honestly, I might not make sense because I don't completely understand it. The concept is that if you get sick, then with consent, your records can be retrieved from a store if they keep your purchasing information. Why would I want government to have any access to what I buy and when and where and how could I trust them to stop at just one store? She should have testified tonight. That's what made us late. I was like, I had women in front of me jumping up and down. I had this guy next to me. And I was like, I don't know. I I just was kind of, Chu is a very, he's Mm -hmm. a conservative guy from rural Utah. And he he said, he, he, you know, I did it just because of um, the fact that the health department asked him to do it. And because they said with consent. But if I got sick, I could with consent say, hey, you can, why do you need to see my purchasing records I, I don't quite understand so they can cross tabulate with any you know outbreaks uh, lettuce and things like that right. I, I, under- right. I understand it in practice but I just don't right. yeah I don't know I'm like a libertarian here we, for a we well, I mean we were rock, trying yeah. we were trying to put we I mean we sent some language over saying that it could only be within the last 90 days because I mean they could ask for the last 20 years of your grocery yeah. it has no limit which and it has no limit to stores either so you know like Say, I mean, hopefully you're not shopping at a store, but <laughs> um, if you are, you know, like Costco or Smith's or Lens or anything like that, they could go in and take all of your shopping records forever. And it just kind of, it doesn't really make a ton of sense. So Did, shop at a farmer's market because yeah. they don't keep your records to begin with. <laughs> Did this pop up an interim at all over the last year? Oh, no, okay. no, no, no. So this is going to no. come back and be worked on, I'm guessing, with the health department over interim. There's no way. I well, can it, see it, it passed. Out. And so now. Out of if, committee. Yeah, out of passed out of committee. committee. So if they suspend the rules, it won't have to go to a Senate committee. Mm. I mean, they're burning and churning up there. We've seen some bills that right. seem like they're We're a week from the uh, finish line for the Utah so, legislature. Yeah, we'll Eggs. 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 Lars has been very concerned about this I egg have bill. been concerned about eggs. Okay. What is about, what are they trying to do? Where does it stand? So we love the bill. So we passed a bill with the exemption to the exemption. These are always, I feel like a broken record. 
So the feds have an exemption, and um, we put it in statute that uh, you could sell eggs under if you have under three thousand layers. Think Julie Clifford to chefs, and the health department is saying no. We're not going to let those chefs take those eggs. And I won't get too into the weeds about FDA who does what, but they are not correct. But you're still having a standoff with the health department. So this bill says it literally says the health department cannot not cannot tell restaurants that they cannot buy eggs from those people who are exempt under 3,000 layers. That's the So bill. <laughs> it's a double negative, meaning that it can happen. Got yes. it. Yes. What's the bill? <laughs> is there a name? Uh, uh, HBSB? Yeah, what is it? out, and it is... Wilcox is running it's HB, it. It's HB. 523. Wilcox. 523. Egg retailer amendments. Yep. That's HB it. 523. Five. All right. I will put it in the show notes. And folks, uh, any of these bills, yeah. or these issues, call your lawmaker. You can find them at le.utah.gov. You can get yourself a free account and track the bills you like and listen in on the legislation and how things are going and then let your lawmakers know what you think. You know, um, a couple of weeks back, we had the Mertens on. And I know that the B bill is probably, you know, something that's being talked about and and it's going to have to come back. Some of these things take years. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Farm Bureau doesn't really oppose bills anymore. They have a bill tracker. And I looked today when I was sitting in there because they presented it. It's the only bill they opposed. And I thought, oh, we've been there before. Yeah. <laughs> so, but red, they opposed it. So, so, yeah, it's not going anywhere this year, but um, I'm sure the conversation will come up and it will be through interim and SB 59. And if yeah. you search krcl.org for Merton, M-E-R-T-E-N, you can catch up with the father-daughter duo who are trying to awesome. drag they our were. laws about uh-huh. beehives and how they're built and how... Um, into uh, this century. Yeah, into the century and how <laughs> illness is tracked among uh, hives. Where can folks get more details about Red Acre Center and Red Acre Farm? Uh, we're on Instagram, so that's easy. And then redacrecenter.org. And and then, um, so Instagram for us too, Red Acre Farm or Red Acre Center. And you can find us on our websites too, Red Acre Farm or redacrecenter.org. Look at that. <laughs> Are you going to be here uh, next week, the final day of the legislature? Yes, we'll okay. come down and give you the wrap. All right. <laughs> Time to uh, happy go. Happy birthday, Sarah. Yeah, oh, happy thank birthday. You. Can we make you waffles this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were so kind You're to so invite sweet. a bunch of the folks working on issues with you to uh, waffles on the weekend, and they were very tasty. In fact, I still need the recipe. So. Okay, we'll get it to you. <laughs> All right, time to go back across the hall. Backhand is live in the studio with us. Hey, you got some gigs coming up. We want to shout out those dates and locations, guys. Yes. So you got something coming so. up. And I uh, put them already in the show notes. If you go and t- check out the draft show notes online at carecl.org, you've got the Kilby Block Party for Locals highlights on March 4th. Who are you playing on that bill with? We are playing with Sunhill and Kippersnack, uh, great groups. Okay. We're very excited. It's going to be a, a absolute slam dunk of a, of a show that <laughs> night. Everybody come out. It's a Saturday. That's I all like Kippersnacks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we got to get them on. And then you're headed up to Tree Fort at the end of March, 24th and 26th. You're playing Cyclops and Old School in the early evening. Both those dates can yes. find them in our, our show notes. Second time at Tree Fort? Second time at Tree Fort. It's a blast. Everyone come see us if you're going to be at Tree Fort. I think the the Friday night when we play at the Olympic, we're playing with another, I don't know if they claim they're from Utah. Sago is a Utah band in my mm-hmm. eyes. And they're going to play that night and some of their other, other good uh, Boise friends. So. Come Multiple day music fest, lots of lots of regional bands. We're sending a KRCL team up there to cover it too. So can't wait to hear about your your trip up there and you're working on an album. We'll talk about that next. But Al, what's the next song? This one is called Box It Up, and this is backhand, fresh and homegrown, right here at KRCL ninety point nine FM. Oh, man. 
KRCL amplifies the work of community nonprofits like Comunidades Unidas, an organization that fights to build the social and political power of people who identify as Latinx immigrants, including undocumented folks living in Utah. More details at cuutah.org. Support for Radioactive comes from Mark Miller Subaru and the Love Promise Community Commitment, a partnership with nonprofit organizations that aim to make the world a better place. More information about the Love Promise and Subaru products at markmillersubaru.com. And welcome back to Radioactive on KRCL 90.9. I'm Laura Jones. It's Punk Rock Farmer Friday. And coming up at 7 o'clock, you got Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman and crew. Not a sideshow with Circus Brown and Al. They've got a live band tonight on Circus's show. He's got Dearth of Earth. Dearth from... Okay, i got to look that up in the Facebook message he sent me. But live band Sullivan Pechenpeng, our audio engineer for both shows tonight. Dearth of Earth from Ogden are both are on the show tonight. It's time for Al's Urban Farm Report. Tom King's with me, and Tom and I are, he's a dear friend of mine, and um, one of the most benevolent, earth-loving folks that I know, and I think that is a total, the best thing to say, because it's so true. Thanks for coming, Tom. It's great to see you. Thanks, Al. It's it's great that you've invited me to be here this evening. Thanks for that. You're welcome. You know, Tom, you're a man, and you have your hand in many pies. And uh, <laughs> and uh, let's start with the Ogoy People's People's Garden and uh, maybe a little background on it. Tell me. Sure, Al. Tell me, me how it let started. Let me start at the beginning. Yeah. So about the 26th of May in 2020, I got a call from a friend, Mr. Kundick, who uh, had been Michael. contacted, yeah, Michael Kundick, and he had been contacted by somebody who's become a friend, that was Cherise Udell, uh, and she was working with the Arm in Arm for Climate Movement, and they wanted to do a, a national set of civil disobedience actions in order to draw attention to the climate crisis. Mm -hmm. And... They wanted to, for their civil disobedience here in the local part of the that movement, Arm in Arm for Climate movement, uh, plant fruit trees on public land without per getting permission. There's uh -huh. the civil disobedience <laughs> part. Yes. So I said, well, th they wanted to know if I had any ideas on where a good spot would be. So I said... Well, you know, I had planted some over by the Warm Springs building, but I didn't get around to water them. So maybe it just in this kind of weed patch uh, between uh, my property line and the Jordan River Parkway Asphalt Trail there at about 14th, what, 15th West on the river, uh, I could throw a hose over the fence and keep the trees watered, and they'd do well. Uh, and the intent was it's a, a type of civil disobedience <laughs> using the model called uh, disruptive humanitarianism. You agreed to be a little bit civil disobedient. Yeah, and it was not the first time. I, I <laughs> went to jail from, uh, oh gosh, Matheson's uh, office just to, just before the, uh, the invasion of Iraq. You know, I was a peace activist, so I, I admit it. Still am. <laughs> but yeah, then it one thing led to another, and, and uh, we got a group of folks together that were from diverse kind of parts of our culture uh there was the slc revolutionary collective that were you know straight up socialists and you know me who came from wanting to help people learn how to garden and seeing it as a good opportunity and so 2020 we ended up making some garden beds and having some really outstanding squash production that people in the community came and and made took took from the garden, just like the intent was to have it available as part of the park to have free, fresh, healthy food available there in the Fair Park community, which is just south of Rose Park proper. But, you know, most folks think of it as Rose Park, I've come to realize. I used to until I uh, moved to the area in 2013. So there we go. Then 20... <coughs> one, one salient point is that uh, it was on August 14th that I got the phone call from a city official who was in charge of, he was the director of the division of trails and open, uh, open space 
for the <coughs> Salt Lake City Public Lands Department. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You see, Salt Lake City owns that park. They own the property. And so he he talked to me for about 40 minutes, and he found out that it wasn't just me trying to grow more food for myself, that I was giving my time to the community to make a more beauty and more potential for learning and inspiration to grow food locally in in the local backyard Mm -hmm. by having a model set up there and he said we're going to get a memorandum of understanding drawn up and then you'll have official permission to do this and so then about a year later they still hadn't completed the memorandum of understanding when a a guy approached me and said we're going to put the agreement process that that's the mou on hold while we undertake a process of community engagement. So they did a questionnaire and gathered information and found out that the community loved it overall. Uh-huh. And so then they said, we're going to go ahead with the, the MOU. But then they did a soil test and found some slightly above uh, residential or regional sampling limits for residential levels of a couple of uh, toxins, lead and benzoapyrene. So our, our crew, our people that, that are the volunteers that are putting the garden together, we did some outreach and some research, and we got three people that are doctors of science. Uh, most notable would be Sally Brown, uh, who did her doctoral work on the issue she specialized in, how to deal with contamination in urban soils so that urban gardening can go ahead, Uh right? How Uh to make it safe for the community. So then we developed a plan, and we've been implementing the plan ever since to do what we can with the resources we have to keep it safe. The primary thing is to wash your hands, wash your vegetables, because the only way that the contaminants can enter you and, and be you know get into your blood is if you eat the dirt, uh, <laughs> and so I, I I went ahead and I had my blood levels tested. I'm a 65 year old man and I worked construction all my life and and mine blood lead levels were really low. But I've been working in the same soil. My yard's the same soil, the same engineered mix mm-hmm. of fill that was brought in there uh, since 2013 and. I have really low 2.7 micrograms per decaliter lead content in my blood. So that allayed my fears that we were going to poison the community by offering them vegetables that grew in this public land. So how about uh, going forward a little bit? I know you did meet some opposition at one point, and there was some questions going on about a year ago, and then that's gone away, and everything is hunky-dory at the garden now? Everything's hunky-dory, with the exception of they still haven't finalized the, the MOU. Really. And that kind of uh, ties our hands as a collective that's trying to uh, do this public or community stewardship of the public land mm-hmm. to improve the value of that piece of public land for the community uh, by, by way of we're unable to, succe- to submit grant applications. We're not qualified. Even for two city grants administered by the city, mm-hmm. there's the Love Your Bro- Block grant, which is bringing art or gardens into the community. It's a community stewardship of public lands kind of an initiative. Then there's another one uh, called the Food and Equity (coughs) Garden Grant Program. We had them on Salt Lake City Green. Yeah, Maria probably. Yes, Maria. And yeah, I called her, and I, I had not remembered the names of the five people that came out early last June in 2022. And they told me that when another individual returned from a leave on the 27th of June, they would be back in touch. And I hadn't, I haven't, still haven't heard back from. Him. I'm, I'm the liaison. I'm the point man mm-hmm. that's dealing with the city. It's in who your owns backyard. The land. It's right it's over right. the It's fence. my water from my meter that's that's keeping the the plants. It's also alive. a great uh, mural there of Margarita Santini that was so crucial to the neighborhood. Has passed on, and is that being saved? Because I was worried about that. Well, uh, you know, th- th- so far they haven't sent a, a <clears throat> letter of encroachment. That's the legal document <laughs> that they would send if they decided they didn't want the beauty, the art, the value that is there and will only grow over time as people can be inspired to engage in local food production and learn how. Besides being inspired, there's, you know, 
the possibility for people in the community to learn. And then there's the art, which it's a big thing in our society to have art. And not only is there the mural in honor of Margarita Satini, that is the largest piece of art there. Uh, the very first year, a local uh, artist <coughs> was painting rocks and, and then assembling them into mosaics. And one of the things I did not anticipate of a, one of the values that this brings to the community, that first year towards the end of the summer when you know things were grown, I saw families with young children spending a half hour, 45 minutes walking around and looking at all the plants, not, not picking vegetables, not gardening, just looking and looking at the colorful rocks in mosaics of whales and and dinosaurs and yeah Good so stuff. art has been a part of the project and we have a beautiful mural the first mural painted there done by the roots art collective and it's it's a beautiful green mural and then kind of a sister mural was painted there's a freestanding structure there that has art and someday we'll get a bulletin board situation worked out to notify the community and you know further the educational component so you have something coming up on march 5th you're asking for volunteers so let's get to that because there's so many things i want to talk to you about yeah yeah so the march 5th we're we're going to be constructing and filling with imported soil we're going to be uh making raised beds now the the first raised beds, the first three, are going to be used to propagate rootstock for fruit trees such as pear, apple, uh, stone fruits like peaches and plums. And there, one or two beds will be used for propagating the rootstock, and then one, the rootstock will be grafted, and people can learn about grafting fruit trees, and then it will be grown out for a year. And then those will be available at no cost to people in the community that we can— that that find us or we find them who are ready for a young uh, year old graft fruit tree and then there can be more fruit trees out in the neighborhood and, and just better for everybody very good and now uh, let's switch gears a little bit you're the founder of blue sky institute and um you you do the dirt to table you write the dirt to table column where can folks find that ah at dirt to table so that's d-i-r-t numeral two t-a-b-l-e dot o-r-g uh and that that's a pretty easy web address to remember dirt to table dot org mm -hmm. and they can find out more there and blue sky institute uh there it we used to have it have to spell out blue sky institute dot org but now we've got it uh, redirect from bsiutah.org BSI Utah is easier to type. And what can so folks letters. expect from you guys at Blue Sky Institute? What are you up to? Well, our main program that we're sort of being a fiscal sponsor for uh, are the Dirt to Table program, which has the the celebration of community celebration of spring yes. and plant share. Uh, which used to be a plant sale, we've converted it to plant share. What does that mean? Well, that means that we no longer have a, a set price. We used to sell really nice uh, performing tomato and pepper plants, six to eight weeks old, $1 each or a six-pack for $5. And then now we just let people take them without needing to pay for them. Uh, it works out because a lot of folks who have the wherewithal go ahead and offer donations uh -huh, so we yes. have resources to continue doing it and all of the work is performed by volunteers every single bit of it no and, paid uh, staff and so you have a unique relationship with the man over at Alche restaurant the vegan restaurant over there and um, your greenhouse is there, and he's, it's a repurposed greenhouse that was built from smoking sheds, right? Isn't right, that correct? Right, like, like bus stop shelters. Uh -huh. um, the, my employer has some outside, you know, office buildings I take care of. They, uh, anyway, they, were, they needed to get rid of one of these smoker shacks. So it's like aluminum and glass storefront type of structure, and I, I was able to get that for with no cost except my labor to uh, cleanly remove it, disassemble and remove, and then I reassembled it in a different configuration. Uh, so it only one wall of glass instead of all four. Well, who's the guy at Alche? Well, so Kim, 
Kim Nguyen is is uh, and her husband Hua, uh, Hua, I, uh, I can't remember his last name, but yeah, there's some wonderful people, and I I feel so blessed that I got to make such good friends out in my community. And it's been years you've been doing it there. Yes, yeah, I, I got to know him by one of my kicks, you might say, is to try to help people reduce energy, and I bought a bunch of LED replacements for fluorescents and that was how I got to know them is I asked them would you be interested in changing these fluorescent lights to LED replacements uh, and you'd save energy uh, and they they were on board immediately so I went ahead and did that and then when it was time to find a place to set up the plant share project then it was a plant sale community plant sale uh, I, I kind of didn't know what to do uh, I had been in communication with the county, but I hadn't drawn up the plan that they had asked me, you know, to put a bunch of stuff in writing to get it set up over at the county's uh, mm -hmm. Cottonwood or Constitution Park there by the Northwest Record Center. So things were, it was getting time to plant seeds. And so I talked to Kim and uh, she said, yeah, you can, you can go ahead and build a greenhouse here. And then that first, we did the first year of having the greenhouse, and as soon as we were done, we were asked to disassemble it so they could do a facelift on the structure. Right. And then they they found out that the building wouldn't support more cinder blocks up on the wall, so they, they scrapped that plan. We reassembled it in a little bit better uh, Fashion. installation mm -hmm. the, that for the second year in the spring. So we, I built it twice in the spring, and now it's been there for five years six years tommy you're you're an experimenter a lover of trees overwintering plants that might not be in our zone is one of your things and tell me what you got growing what you got going on now what's your projects well uh you know I, <laughs> we I've got a couple of, minutes left i've kind of got uh away from really being enthusiastic about the figs and pomegranates. Uh -huh, I uh -huh. do have I do have a, quite a nice collection of in-ground fig and pomegranates. One of them, ed, Emerald Raspberry, uh, out by the, the street in front of my house, performed really outstanding uh -huh. last year. Uh -huh. uh, but and then the pomegranates, uh, three, four varieties, uh, were pretty heavy producers in the backyard there along the river last year. So I'm hoping for you know some good production on those. This is personally, uh, I also make available cuttings to folks who are interested. Those both figs and pomegranates are the standard process for propagating them is through stem cuttings. Uh, so, yeah, uh, and then we've started the planting for this year's celebration of spring and plant share for the Dirt to Table program, and that is. Uh, so far, we've we've been seeding the peppers and the herbs, the ones that are kind of slow to get to a nice size. And in two weeks, we will seed the tomatoes. Very good. And so tell folks when the celebration of spring is going to be. Well, so if they watch that website, dirttotable.org, during that pandemic, we shifted over to uh, kind of a an order in advance and then arrange we arrange a time to pick up the order once it's assembled and so there there'll be ordering methods and a listing we're planning to have the listing uh, complete and ready to be published by m the middle of march so you have to be patient you know another couple of weeks uh -huh. and we should have the listing in the order form and then we just have people come pick them up at that greenhouse there okay. and then the last uh, uh when is the the um, volunteers' day for? It's March fifth. March fifth, and we're going to be doing a few things. We'll be we're, we'll try to construct nine raised beds, uh, eight foot by four foot, and uh, the city sustainability uh, department raised a concern about railroad ties that had been sitting in the old rose garden out on uh, Second South and Ninth West that we repurposed before they bulldozed that for the residential high-rise and there was concern that there might be some toxic potential toxin mm -hmm. leakage so we're going to load them all up and, ha and take them to the out. landfill uh -huh. th on march 5th there uh, the ogwai people's orchard and that's spelled o-g-w-o-i and where can folks find you on that we've got something on facebook uh a, a group you can find a link to it through the dirt to table and the bsi dot 
bsiutah.org website. I'll put all of that in the show notes yeah. tonight, Al. Very good. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, Tom. We really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for contributing to the agrihood. Well, gosh, thanks for having me. And it's the, the it's my joy to work with plants. Well, awesome. This has been a great show. I want to say thank you to all of our guests, Tom and Simbri and Sarah and TK Kern and our band backhand, Sullivan Petchenpanger, audio engineer. We're going to go out with one more song. Where can folks get this new album that you're working on and all your other stuff? Backhand. Um, it will be on all streaming services and we'll have some tapes and CDs we'll be selling at shows and such. Uh, so that'll be coming up probably late April, early May, sometime okay. around there. In the meantime, so. March 4th at Kilby, yeah. March 24th and 26th at Tree Fort in Boise. Check tonight's show notes. Al, what are we going out with? We're going out with Out the Door. Perfectly, yes. And uh, this is Backhand, fresh and homegrown right here on KRCL 90.9 FM. We're gonna do one more. This one's called tap dancing. Thanks for back in the greatest band of all time. KRCO, Salt Lake City.